0: Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday Sermon Series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Guys, take a moment right now just quickly to think about the things that you are dependent upon. Go through your day-to-day life. What are some of the things that you depend upon? Not only things, but also, what are some people that you are dependent upon? All right, here's my short list. These are the things that I'm dependent upon, okay? Uh, In no particular order, but I did write them down in the order that I thought about in my head and first thing was you know what i am very dependent upon high speed internet and i was very careful to say high speed because i'm not content just having internet it needs to be fast i'm very impatient i don't want to see any lag or delay when i click on a web page so and my life depends on high speed internet Um, i'm also very dependent upon my cell phone my smartphone there was a time and age not that long ago we're like you know what we're okay. We're, we're content with blackberries. Remember those days, right? We're okay with just flip phones. But today, man, my life would not be the same if I did not have my uh, smartphone. I'm also dependent upon coffee. Any addicts out there? I, I, I'm unashamed in confessing my dependence upon caffeine. I've tried without, I, you know, did, did you guys know coffee withdrawal is a real thing? Uh, If you're a regular coffee drinker, you go exactly one day, and you wake up with this throbbing headache, and I don't like that feeling. So I'm very dependent upon um, coffee. Don't say, Scott, drink tea. Tea does not do anything for me. I need coffee. I'm also dependent upon exercise. Uh, It's a very good form of relieving stress. You know, when when things are not right in my life, I need to hit the gym, sweat it out, and I play basketball, play soccer. I need my exercise, and my life depends upon how, exer- uh, how uh, frequently, exer- uh, how often I exercise. I'm also dependent upon the amazing meals that I share with my loving family. Uh, you know, my, my wife is a good cook, my mother in law is a good cook, and, and every night, I think pretty, we eat pretty well, And so my happiness and my life depends on how well, how often we eat together as a family. Not not only those things, but I'm also dependent upon people as well. I'm very dependent upon my wife. Um, As I get older, I see this increasingly truthful in my life. Before, I would say, man, you know, okay, I mean, I don't really need. But nowadays, I'm getting older, I need my wife. I need my wife to hear all of my venting. I need my wife to slow me down when I get upset too quickly. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm dependent upon my wife loving on me, and I depend on her wisdom and patience. I also depend on my church board. How many guys know that it's not easy to, to, to lead a church uh, as, as a pastor by myself? So I lean a lot on the church board. So these are the people that I depend upon. I am dependent on all of these things. What about you? What else would you add to my list? What else do you find yourself being dependent upon? Some of you guys may be dependent. You may say, you know what, I am very dependent on the job that I have. I'm dependent on the the financial... uh, uh, allotment and, and the provision that i that comes from my workplace some of you guys are dependent on video games some of you guys are dependent on fantasy sports you know what i just need an outlet if i if i'm just constantly stressed out and, and i don't just let it out by playing games i would not survive and some of you guys are dependent on that as well some of us say you know what i'm dependent on reading i need to learn for me to feel healthy, so I, I, and some of you guys say, you know what, I, I'm dependent on how frequently I am alone so I can recharge. Some of you guys say, so solitude is a huge thing. Google defines it this way, the word dependence, right? It says a state of relying on or being controlled by someone or something else. Let me say that again. The word dependence... It means the state of relying on or being controlled by someone or something else. Meaning, without it, without it, you cannot stand. Without it, you would not be able to function or be living the way that you are intended to. Without it, you may not survive. Without it, you may not make it. Are you with me so far? So we are dependent upon a lot of things in our lives. And it's okay that we are different, uh, dependent upon different things because we are comforted, we are encouraged, we are emboldened by different things. This, this uh, uh, discussion and this con- uh, contemplation led me to think then, if we are so dependent upon many things, it, it made me to think then I wanted to know how dependent I am on God. And I wanted to just kind of explore in my mind, it's like, well, how dependent, how rely, how reliant am I on God? See, by the definition alone, what the de- uh, the word dependence gives to us, without it, I should not be able to stand on mine in the same way that if I had broken leg, without crutches, without a wheelchair, I would not be able to support myself. By the definition alone, just as in the same when a baby or infant is dependent upon the nourishment and the nurturing of the mother and the parents, because without it, the baby would not survive. And I begin to think, exactly how dependent am I on God? By that definition, if you remove God from that equation, if God is no longer present, if I'm no longer actively engaged in an intimate relationship with God, Will I still survive? Will I still feel the same way as I do now? Will there be a difference in the way I live my life? Will there be a difference in the way I enjoy things in my life? Will I still perform capably in my workplace? Will the family dynamics change in my own home? Will I love or serve differently in all the places that I'm engaged in? And that's something that I want you and I to explore today as we listen to the sermon today. If you take God out of the equation of your life today and nothing changes, are you really able to say that you are dependent on God? So ask yourself this question. Is God a necessity or an accessory? Does your faith in God merely add more value to what you already are so content with? Or is God something or someone so crucial that without Him, you wouldn't be able to stand on your own? That you would not have the strength or the wisdom to carry on any longer, even know what to make of your life, meaning you'll be so lost, you'll be so confused, had it not been for God fully engaged and present in your life. So let's unpack our main message, our main passage for today. Let me reread for you verses 5 through 7. It says, My soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold I shall not be shaken on God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. They believe that David, King David, is the author of this particular psalm, and he's writing to uh, uh, Joduthan, uh, to the chief musician. He's the chief worship leader of all of Israel, and he's writing this song with him. And he was appointed by David to lead the entire nation into corporate and public worship of God. And these words are conveyed in this passage. You know, and and the psalm opens up by David declaring that he has this longing and he's waiting for God. And it says, David is waiting for God in silence, meaning there's no other voices around. There is no answer and there, but there's rumbling. But God seems to be still on his way to helping David. There's a period of waiting for God, and David is conveying these sentiments right here. And, and, you know, when you read this psalm, this is not unlike many of the psalms that David had written before, and it begins by telling his great need as he's describing his present crisis. While David is expressing his need, he's also aware... Of that God's presence is where He lays His confidence and trust in. You know, uh, uh, I begin to do a little bit of background study here. Uh, exactly what was David's trouble at the time of writing this psalm? At the time at the time of writing this particular psalm, David was being surrounded by the enemies, and he had multiple uh, countries that were under attack for. Israel, so and he felt like what he had and the army that he had was not sufficient for him to uh, fend off these attacking forces around him. You know, the ESV renders it this way, and David says this, how long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? So imagine for yourself You're you're fortified within the the confines of very strong walls, right? You're you're in in the space, and you have walls around you, but the attacks are so heavy that the firm walls that should be protecting you are caving in. Now, the walls that have protected you, that have served as the borders of your own country, that are now caving in, they're leaning towards you. Literally, your world is crumbling in your sight. That's what David is going through. So, in that place of need, David is crying out, My world is literally falling apart. My world is literally caving in. Is there anybody that's gonna come to my help? And he's crying out to God now. Have you, have you guys ever felt like this before? Your, your, your life, your world is on the verge of crumbling. You're physically, emotionally so drained. You look around, The space that you live in is getting tighter and tighter. There's no evidence of your situations getting better. Have you guys ever felt like that forever in your life? And in such place of need, in such moments of pressure, you're crying out for help. And there's no answer. You're crying out, help, help, somebody out there. David is in such place. The longer the situation persists, in those moments of waiting, our mood gets down, our will wilts, there's, le- uh, there's, little, left, uh, there's little energy left in us to cry out to God anymore. We don't believe that we can make it through this season. And some of you guys may have felt that way. Perhaps you are in that season right now, in a place of extreme need, in a place of extreme desperation, and you're crying out to God. Say, God, I need you. God, something has to happen. God, would you come to my side? Would you provide for me the security that I need? right now and that david transitions all of a sudden he bursts out in his declaration of his trust in god and it conveys also that his complete dependence his dependence is completely in god yes the troubles are still there the situations and the circumstances have not yet changed much but david says i firmly trust in God. I do believe that in Him are all my answers. I want you to look with me just quickly those three things that he declares. David declares that, he says this, I wait for God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation, and I take refuge in Him. Say with me first. I wait for God alone. Okay. In the opening line of this psalm, David has said that this was a state of his soul. Here, he's speaking to his soul. He's telling it to remain in that place of trust and complete surrender unto God. He says, for God alone is where my trust lies. He says, I will wait for God and God alone. There's something very profoundly powerful when we declare that, uh, uh, that God is our only hope. Think about it. Your source of answer, your source of relief is limited to just one thing. You know, you know we don't often experience this in our lives today because uh, our lives are inundated with options. We have so many choices. We have so many places that we can go to. We have so many people that we know and love care for us that we can hit up literally two, three people simultaneously. We know, we feel confident that all of those people will come to our Aid. But think about it. Think about when you don't have the options. Think about that you have not three people, not two people, but you only have one person on your phone. Literally, one person that you can message. I mean, there's a different longing, right? There's a different sense of expectation. There's that, like, oh, the sense of desperation. If that person says no, then you're, you're done. That's it. If Sammy's is the only person that I have on my phone, you know, these days we, have no, we, we don't memorize any phone numbers, do we not? And if the only number I have, and when I call, my life literally depends on whether he picks up that phone or not. Even if he picks it up, he says, he has all the power to say No. And I could pour out my heart how deeply I'm hurting. But he can say, well, that's grace, God. I just can't, man. I'm busy. I mean, are you with me? It's different. If I have all of you guys, I could hit up all you guys I have many options, but if there's only one option, my longing and my urging, my craving is on a whole different level. David is saying, David is saying, God, you alone are my source of help. You have to understand how incredible that is when David declares that. This time, David is the king. By this time, David has all the resources in his country. It's at the fingertip. He can order people to come to his side. He, can, he has all the wealth it belongs to him. I mean, technically, he, he could write checks. He, could, he has all these resources. But in his eyes, he believes that God alone can come to his help. It's so profound. And this is something that we are missing in many of our lives because often God is not the only source of our help. Jim Cimbala, uh, a pastor, a famous pastor and a writer and a revivalist in the country, um, uh, he's Argentinian, right? And uh, he writes this uh, in his uh, famous book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Um, He speaks of his encounter with... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was thinking about um, somebody else. Uh, I was thinking about El Tzivoso, Tzivoso. Um he's a, he has a, he's a pastor in New York, right? He, he speaks of his encounter with Christians in Africa. Uh, a group of Christians uh, from the West uh, made a missionary journey to Africa, and they were just dialoguing with uh, the Christians in, in that region and shared share with them how how often and how fervently the Christians in the West pray for africa and for their poverty for all the things that do not ha- they do not have they pray you no know, we pray that god would meet your needs and we diligently pray for you and all of the people in africa in response to that statement the christians in africa said "No, no 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 please don't pray for us please no no we're okay in fact We pray for you. We pray for all the Christians in the West because we pray not for your poverty. We pray for your prosperity because in your wealth, in all the abundant things that you do have, there is no longer need for God. And this writer describes, man, that is what is missing in today's Christianity. There's this desperate longing for God. There's this unique relationship. We no longer see God as the only source of our strength and our salvation. My charge to you, dear friends, this morning is that you would experience God as the only person, only source of rescue for your life. That you would not place any other to provide the meaningful answer or the meaningful foundation of all the things that you are building today. First is I wait for God alone. Second, say it with me, my rock. Come on, my rock and my salvation. David declares, he says, "You are my rock," and you know we say this sometimes. When describing our relationship to the people that we have in our lives, often cases uh, we you say, "Hey, my husband is my rock," or we say, "My wife is my rock," or my significant other, that person is my rock. So it speaks of um, how strong, how solid, again in the end, how dependable that person is. And, and I thought, well. well what does that even mean? Why do we say you are my rock? Meaning, um, uh, in places when I'm troubled, when I feel like my, my foundation of my life is unsettling, I feel like when, when the forces in life are moving me, shifting me left and right, when I say, well, my wife is my rock, that person keeps me grounded. That person gives me the strength that I'm unwavered by what is going on in my life. And David is declaring that there are evil forces around me. There are shaking forces that's unsettling me, that's uprooting me from the foundation of where I'm standing. But David is saying, God alone is my rock. He keeps me grounded. He allows me to be strong when there's storms in life, are constant in my life. David is saying he's essentially describing the nature of a person who is unchanging and who is unfazed. When we declare that God alone is my rock and my salvation, we're basically talking about though many things may change, God never changes. Though that I may be faced, that I'm often intimidated and uh, troubled and scared by what I'm encountering, God is totally unfazed how many guys know that is a good thing you know i'm not sure about you i i am a little bit afraid of the dark any of you guys uh, afraid of the dark come on okay i'm the only one that's fine i'm afraid of the dark if i'm hiking at night if i'm hiking in places that i don't really know guess what i want to be with somebody that is not afraid of the dark let me let me give another shot. how many guys are ever afraid of heights? Okay, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Right? Let's say you're afraid of something. If, let's say you're afraid of heights. How many guys know if you're tracking along the high places, it would be a huge advantage for you to be hiking with somebody that is completely unfazed by heights? I'm both. I'm scared of heights and of the dark. So any of you guys will do much. Good for me, right? So I want to be with somebody who is completely unfazed. How many guys know that God is not fazed by the troubles that you are facing? God is completely unmoved by the very force that seems to shake you off the foundation of which where you're standing. And David is saying, God is my rock, He's my salvation. That's why I depend on Him. Do you guys depend on Him? I don't know why this word came to me, why this example came up. I'm going to share it with you. How many guys know what depends is? Depends. It's an adult paper. So for seniors, for adult patients, when they have less control of their innards, seniors oftentimes wear depends in the same way that infants wear diapers seniors who have less control over their bowels and and they're in place of inability they were depends and i think it's so telling of our spiritual lives as well i think it's so telling and you guys like man that's embarrassing just you wait all right I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I'll let you know how my journey goes later on in my life. But isn't it so funny though that in our most vulnerable, in our, in, our, in our most helpless state, at the height of our inability and incompetence, depends is there for us. To help us in our mess, that we would experience the comfort and... Um, and uh, protection i mean think about it do we depend on god in the same way does the bible not teach us when you are weak confide in him when you are helpless are we not reminded that god is a god is our help when we can't he can and he will come on somebody I want to encourage you today that your God, your God, our God is absolutely dependable. He alone is our rock. He alone is our salvation. Amen. That was weak, guys. Amen. All right. Third and last point. I take refuge in him. Say it with me, I take refuge in him. The ESV renders it as this way My refuge is in God. That word refuge is an important word. That word refuge means it's a place of shelter, it's a place of safety. Meaning, David is declaring that I feel completely safe when I am in the presence of my God. I take shelter. I am shielded from all the troubles. When it's raining, when I'm with God, I will not be affected by the rain. When there's snowstorm, when I'm with God, when I'm hidden in the presence of God, I will be unaffected by the effects of the snow. Are you with me? When I'm sailing in the seas, there's tall waves, strong waves, tossing people left and right when I'm with God, when I'm in the presence of God, that the power and the forces of the waves will not be able to hurt me or affect me at all. David says, God is my refuge. I can go to God and be completely hidden. I am secure there. I am safe there. Brothers and sisters, Today, I want to just ask you a simple question. And that question is, do you depend on God? Do you depend on God? If God were to be removed from the equation of your life, how sustainable will it be? If the answer is, I think I'm still good. I'm not that worried. Perhaps we shouldn't feel so glad or happy about that. Because you're not really experiencing what God can do for you and me. Because when I read through the scriptures, it's of all the powerful encounters in the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of these supernatural, powerful encounters have been from the place of incredible need and complete helplessness. Moses experienced that. God called him to do something that he knew that he could not himself do. When God called Abraham at the age of seventy five, they had zero children, and God, God had the audacity to say, You're going to be a great nation. Abraham's like, dude, man, just stop. Make me me a great family first. A great nation, slow down, you know. He was in a a place of incredible need. What about King David? After committing adultery, committing murder, incredible need, a place of helplessness. God says, I'm going to come by your side. I'm going to still anoint you. I'm going to still raise you up. Man, there's something incredibly profound when we experience God in that regard. What about Peter? This rambunctious, passionate guy whose mouth always ran far ahead of his, his heart and his actions. God, I'm never going to deny you. I'm never going to betray you. Man, God gave him three chances, fell all of them. And walk on water. I mean, I don't. Have, I can go on and on and on and on, but in places of need, God is going to meet you powerfully, and maybe that's where you are today. Some guys, when you look at your life, uh, not too many things are going well. You find your heart always troubled. You find your heart always like longing for more. There's deep loneliness there's deep emptiness and some of you guys are very successful in your career like but there's but there's increasing need of something else to fill that void you know maybe relationally in your family life something is not right i mean whatever xyz needs are i want to encourage you may those be gateways of you encountering god personally and powerfully. I'm going to fast forward because I think we're uh, running out of time here. Um, and I commented earlier is God just an accessory or is God your necessity? I think it's in a human spirit and heart that we avoid uh, losing control. We avoid not knowing the situation very well. Um, But but the danger of that is um, we operate out of spirit of independence. That we operate out of like, you know, God, I, I got this. And we invite God later, rather than resorting to Him and running into Him, declaring that, God, I want you to take care of me. You know, last week, and even today, last week we talked about fasting and what do we fast. And we learned that we fast because through fasting, we're basically petitioning we're consecrating ourselves. We, we ask God for favor and anointing to, to be increasingly large in our lives. You know, for me, fasting leads us to a profoundly intimate encounter with God. It, it's probably the easiest way for us to say, God, I want you to meet what I can do myself. Meet my need in this. Uh, some of you guys have fasted before. and know knows this. Um, it's not easy. You go like day two. Day one's like you you chilling. Day two like doable. Day three hits, and you just want to quit everything. You just want to want to quit life. Everything stops. And, and the temptation is like, okay, this is at the end of my name. God, I'm going to pray, bless this meal, and, and you eat, right? But in that time, in that place where I can't do this anymore, I don't know how to do this, I don't, think I, ha- I don't think it's in me to keep going further, you know what? That's precisely the reason for me why I fast. Because I want God to be able to take me deeper. I want God to show me that, yes, at the end of my ability is the beginning of His. At the end of my power and resources is the beginning of the outpouring of all of His resources. And He comes to me with his intimate words. He's saying, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. And, and we fast because in that season of fasting we want to experience the sufficiency of Christ and all that he has for you and me. So some of you guys I know God is mess- messing with you. I don't want to fast. I hate fasting. I me too. But I also love it. You know why? Because if there are blessings, there are sweet moments where you would not be able to experience so let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Abstain only for just temporarily for one week. And you know what makes it easier? In those moments of struggles and difficulty, knowing that I'm not the only one. <laughs> knowing that someone, I will be picturing many of your faces throughout the week this week. Ah, oh, yes. John Becky is probably dying right too. <laughs> Tavis is probably hating his life. Yes. Thank you, God. My wife, probably complaining, probably cursing me. Why, Scott, why? But in those moments of difficulty, and when we gather t- together every night at 8 o'clock, we can't wait to join in Zoom because, yes! And I want you guys to experience that. And we, we get to petition together. We get to pray together together and we get to experience the sufficiency of what God has in store for us. Again, again, this this message is not about fasting and praying, but it is about where we say, God, we are completely dependent upon you. In the year 2022, let us be God-dependent. Amen? Saying, God, without you, I won't make it god without you i won't be okay and i will not be satisfied and god i choose to live never without i I, god i choose to be with you at every step of the way i want to lean on you
1: i want to rely on
0: you i want you to be the provision in my life friends let's bow our heads Shall we?